Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to touch on a journalist getting a job in an interesting spot. We're also going to talk about the ALDS and the NLDS. Lay down the landscape that is football, both college and professional. Go in on a subject in a surprising manner. Awarded a dote of the week, and we're going to put upon further review a subject matter that deals with a sport and a network. The marriage is over? I'll talk about that later. But for now, headlines, please! Line college football. So you have Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Okay. You have LSU, Florida. But I'm excited to say that the focus on college football this week lies in Dallas. And where I would always call and would always say is the most spectacular rivalry in college football today. Texas. Oklahoma. Now, I know some of you are rolling your eyes and saying, you got to be absolutely kidding me. Hear me out. They play in this, uh, I guess you could say, uh, ancient stadium, Cotton Bowl. It's put forth during the state fair in Texas. And Dallas is a city that is equidistant. And actually, Dallas is closer to Oklahoma's campus than University of Texas's campus. It, it just speaks to the pageantry, the richness, the, the energy that is college football to me at its greatest. Dateline Los Angeles! Former ESPN talking head, journalist, writer, and sports center host, Jamel Hill has a job with the Atlantic. Now, what is the Atlantic? Well, they are, I guess you could say it's a newspaper slash magazine print journalism place where you have a lot of, I guess you say, columnists from the sports realm. Many of the former ESPN personalities that we all knew gravitated toward Atlantic. So I guess this was a natural step for Jamel. Now, they said that she would be a columnist that will touch on sports, race, politics, gender, and culture. And when interviewed by the Hollywood Reporter, Jamel had this to say about the time that she was criticized, and along with her co-host Michael Smith, about being extremely political quote mike and i specifically were called political way before any of the trump stuff ever happened and i always thought that was a very interesting label because frankly i think that most of the time it was said because we were the two black people close quote well, here's to you, Jamel. I hope everything goes well. And they're opening up a bureau out in Los Angeles. So this will be interesting. The Atlantic is no longer based on the East Coast only. They're trying to make a West Coast impression, too. Oh, did I say East Coast? Dateline Boston! Point guard Kyrie Irving, who should be a shooting guard, is hoping to be a Celtic after this year. Well, you don't believe me? Well, he said it himself. While taking questions on the TD Garden floor, Kyrie had this succinct thing to say. Quote, If you guys will have me, I plan on re-signing here. Close quote. Uh Uh-oh. 
That doesn't sound too good for Knicks fan who they've been hearing for at least the last year that Kyrie wants to return home because he is a New York native. But there is still hope because five years ago, he famously said when he was a Cavalier to a child fan that he wasn't going anywhere. Four years later, he wanted out. So, hey, you never know. 2018, he wants to be a Celtic. 2019? Question mark. Dateline Seattle! Before I get to the reason why I have this as a story, I have to give my condolences out to Earl Thomas. This guy has just put his heart and soul on the line for the Seahawks, and he has seen his Legion of Boom brethren all leave one way or another whether it's Camp Chancellor to retirement due to concussion issues or Richard Sherman leaving because he was sick of being in Seattle and he decided to go back to where his alma mater was. And he is outwardly looked to a different suitor. Well, unfortunately, he fell to an injury that took him out for the rest of this year during the game this past Sunday in the University of Phoenix Stadium against the Cardinals. The talk has not been the injury. It has been more his countenance when he was on the cart he decided to flip off the seattle seahawks sideline now why would he do this speculation has been that he's angry at the seahawks in general no i think he's more frustrated with the organization not the teammates or players maybe the coach because he is part of the front office he's angry with them because he felt as though and he still feels as though he should be well taken care of He wanted to be paid what he thought he was worth because, well, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, and he hasn't been compensated thusly. And he tried to hold out. He was talked into playing and came back and ended his holdout, sort of similar to the situation in Pittsburgh with Le'Veon Bell. I'll talk about him at another time. But Thomas wanted to preserve himself for future wares. He wanted to preserve himself and not do any type of damage to his free agency value. When pressed as to why he feels this way, he talked about this in detail. Quote, I need to make sure my body is 100 and I'm investing in myself. If they were invested in me, I would be out there practicing. But if I feel like I have anything, even if it's something small, like if I got a headache, I'm not practicing. But I don't want that to be taken the wrong way. I know I'll get fine. Close quote. Well, no, Earl III, you're not going to get fined. You just might lose value in what uh, you deserve. I hate to see this because this is not what you deserve, man. Dateline Pittsburgh. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Le'Veon Bell. I'm talking about Sidney Crosby. He addressed the Capitals' Tom Wilson, who delivered a crushing blow to Oscar Sundvist this past week. On almost center ice, well, Wilson met with the NHL offices. They gave him a 20-game suspension because of that hit. But Crosby had to talk about Wilson and his penchant for doing this, not just this past week, but in recent memory. He said, quote, You also understand that there are instances where guys get hit, and it's a part of the game. It happens fast, and it's intense out there. When a guy does it a handful of times, you start to question what the intent is. Close quote. Oh, really? Email Sidney Crosby. CC Penguins fan. Subject of email. You're a goon too! Body 
how on earth are you going to call out somebody else for doing something like that when there is video footage of you grinding your knee on someone else's face that is on the ice you who you have all this talent in the world but people consider you the dirtiest player in the game and you're popping off at someone being a little more physical than usual come on crosby really that's how you're gonna be son put those lips and park don't say anything just be like whoo the nhl gave uh, oh wilson a stiff penalty and keep it pushing because you deserve that too as chippy as you've been these last many years you have no room to talk beat it and try to get the penguins back to being stanley cup champions sucker cole johnson cole sports cole sports with a z Dateline Seattle! It is looking more and more promising that Seattle will get a professional franchise. Well, they already have two, of course, the Seahawks in the NFL and the Mariners in the Major League Baseball. It looks like they're going to get a third franchise once again, but it's not the NBA. No, 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 no. It's the NHL. Looking for the 32nd team to be anywhere. To, of course, balance out the now 31-team league, the NHL looks like they're moving forward with plans to go to Seattle. The NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman had this to say about the promising future of Seattle and the NHL. Quote, The notion is, have the board vote on expansion. And assuming, as I think everybody is, that it would be approved, I don't want to be presumptuous of the board's prerogative, but everything seems to be on track. Close quote. Now, I hearken back to this past Monday on Monday Night Raw when when WWE superstar Elias poked fun at Seattle's loss of the Supersonics. The boos were so loud that <laughs> they drowned out what he and Kevin Owens were saying. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Seattle's passionate and they need to have an NBA team back there. But they also would be ecstatic to have an NHL franchise there too. Dateline Major League Baseball. Playoffs. So it's all set. I'll talk about game 163 at another point in this episode, but it's all set. In the National League, you have the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Rockies. In the AL, you have the Red Sox, the Astros, the Yankees, and the Indians. Eight teams, they're ready to go, and October is going to be a big-time battle. Dateline Foxborough. Giselle Bunchen, the lioness or Mrs. Brady. She is famous for saying that she wanted Brady to not play much longer. But seeing the passion of the guy who now is in his 18th year in the NFL, her tune has tweaked a little bit. This is what she had to say about Brady playing. Quote, I've never seen someone love something as much as he loves football, and it makes me happy. If I said anything in the past, it's because you have a concern. No one is going to hurt someone I love, you know? You just feel very protective of them. So obviously, if someone hurts my children, my husband, anyone I love, I get like a lioness. Close quote. 
And you know what? That makes me happy. Tom has a wife that is concerned about him, but understands that he enjoys something that gives him joy. So I'm hoping that Tom can walk away from the game and he can enjoy the rest of his life with Giselle healthy because we get to see more moments like this. Dateline Foxborough. Again. Okay, the final score of the game between the Patriots and the Colts, the Patriots won 38-24. Do you really care about what happened in that game? Not really. The attention, of course, is on three Patriots. One returning in Julian Elliman, who ended up having seven receptions for 57 yards. Another being a new Patriot in Josh Gordon, who caught a key touchdown and a monumental touchdown and a historic one. And, of course, number 12 who with three touchdowns in this game is now the third quarterback in NFL history to notch 500 touchdowns in a career, the other two being Brett Favre and Peyton Manning. And not only did Brady get to 500, he is now number one in a very strange stat. With the touchdown pass that I just talked about he threw to Josh Gordon, the pass that Brady threw to Gordon made Gordon the 71st player that Brady has thrown a touchdown pass to. That's the most with anybody in NFL history. And that strange record was previously held by Vinny Testaverde with 70. The next stat, I would believe, would be, what, 70,000 for Brady? He may get it this year. But it's great to see greatness, and I hope we can appreciate it while it's here. Because I get for some reason that we probably won't appreciate it as much when it's gone. So thank you, Tom for another record-breaking performance. Although it wasn't pretty, it still got the job done. Later, we're going to take to task the person who is the dolt of the week. We're going to put upon further review something that I love and hold dear to my heart, but immediately following the break, I'm happy to go Sports now on Spotify. history you realize how exciting it is to say that we witnessed history yeah we witnessed history this past week so i really don't have to say anything bad and this segment that i'm about to unveil is not always about who has done wrong or done bad in this case we're going to laud something that is good probably something that we won't ever see again this is great and because of that, I have to go in! 
finished 91 and 71. Two teams finished 95 and 67. You see, unlike the National Hockey League, unlike the National Football League, unlike the National Basketball Association, when two teams are tied for the division crown, we don't settle for tiebreakers. No. We have to settle it on the field, or in this case, on the diamond. And this has been done before. Remember, Red Sox fan, Bucky Dent. Remember, Dodgers fan, Joe Necro, pitching a complete game in 1980. Remember, California Angels fan, blowing a double-digit lead and not being able to stop the juggernaut young team that had a person that was nicknamed the Kid. You see, those instances are what I'm talking about. What we witnessed on October 1st of this year, special. To see one of these is remarkable. We got a chance to see two. We saw two ladies and gentlemen of Game 163. The one game winner take all nine inning slugfest. Now, you're probably saying, well, we get this with the wild card game. National League, American League wild card. You have this. True. And yes, you do have the element also of elimination. But this has higher stakes. And in this case, it was more along the lines of whoever lost end up being a wild card team. I guess you could say this was a referendum on knowing that it means a lot to be a divisional champion. And this is, of course, in the same year you have two teams that won 100 games en route to their division championships, that being the Red Sox and the Astros in the American League. While both teams fended off two squads in the A's and the Yankees, who won more than 95, and in the Yankees' case, they won 100. That's remarkable in and of itself. But having four teams needing to have two games decide who was going to be the division champ, that's something which has never been done in Major League Baseball. Now, were the games anything to write home about? Not really. I mean, the Brewers-Cubs game had a little more drama. I mean, it took a couple of runs in the top of the ninth by the Brewers to have them lay claim to the overall best record in the National League. And now the National League playoffs goes through Milwaukee. Meanwhile, the Cubs, who had a four and a half game lead going into September 1st, found themselves in the wild card, even having home field advantage in game 163. Going to the West Coast, you had the Dodgers, who just kept fending off challenger after challenger. In the summer, it looked like it was going to be the Diamondbacks they had to turn away. Then it ended up being the Rockies, who came almost from out of nowhere to claim some of the National League West Championship. But when the Dodgers raced out to a 5 nothing lead, it pretty much was a foregone conclusion that the Dodgers were going to win their sixth straight National League West championship. And they did with a 5-2 decision over the Rockies. So that meant the Cubs hosted the Rockies in the National League wildcard game. Now, what did you need to know about the American League wildcard game? The Yankees just simply put their bass to good use and just beat the A's completely out of Yankee Stadium. Final score is 7-2. That's pretty much all you need to know about that game. The NL wildcard game, different story. So the two losers of game 163 played this wonderful game as if it was the last thing that they were going to do on this earth. Because after 9 and 10, it looked like threats from both teams was going to end the game, but it didn't. It ended up having to go 13, and the Rockies prevailed 2-1, to and that effectively ended the Cubs' season. From having the best record in the National League going into the last week of the year, to being bounced within a few days. 
you would have to say that was a deflating experience for the Cubs. But they, just like the Rockies, just like the Brewers, and just like the Dodgers, participated in history. Two Game 163 matchups. That's awesome. Because what's better than having regular playoff action? More of it. And what's better than having more playoff action? Seeing great teams having to battle on the field as to which one is better. Because they could have easily said, well, because the Cubs beat the Brewers 11 out of 19 times, they win the National League Central. They could have easily said, since the Dodgers beat the Rockies 12 out of 19 times, they are the National League West champions. They could have easily said that. But no, no, that is not how Major League Baseball rolls. Hmm. Settle it on the field. Wonderful concept. And for me, the things that Major League Baseball does wrong, this is what they do right better than any other professional league going today it was a thrill (laughs) just to be a spectator it was a thrill to see four teams and i had no horse in the race for any of the four go at it with the greatest of honors that could be at the end of that rainbow that with training camp and spring training And the 162-game regular season that went 163 for them. That they could look back seven months into what they were fighting for and say, we did it. And it had to take an extra game, but we did it. We can't say that we didn't have um, something else decided. We decided it for ourselves. And that is what the Dodgers and the Brewers can say. But the Cubs and Rockies, they can say they participated in history. And that they were at a spot where most of the rest of the major leagues would want to be. They got a chance to, on one game, participate to be the best in their division. That's all you would want. One shot to prove that you are the best. That's what they got. And those four teams delivered. May not have been what they'd wanted. For a result, that's immaterial because what they gave us was another moment like the Red Sox-Yankees 1978, like the Astros-Dodgers in 1980, like the Angels-Mariners in 1995. They gave us that moment where we can say, I was here when this happened. Thank you, because that's all I can say. Thank you to the Dodgers and Rockies. Thank you to the Brewers and the Cubs. Most importantly, thank you, Major League Baseball, for providing one of the most thrilling years of baseball that's ever existed in the over 100 years of the league. Wow. What a way to end it. When I return, we're going to award the Dolt of the Week. You have tuned into Cole's From the Vault. A look back 
at a key moment in sports history. October 6th, 1985. The journeyman pitcher known as Phil Necro reaches a milestone very few pitchers have achieved. Known for having not the greatest win-loss record, this guy is known for three things. Being a journeyman pitcher, pitching well into his 40s. His most famous pitch, the knuckleball. And this record right here. Two strikes, two out. One pitch maybe away from win number 300. Historical moment. Yankees ready to charge out. I hope they don't try to lift Negro up on their shoulders. At his age, he might fall. That's it! Holy cow, what a win ended! A strikeout gets his 300th career win, and I tell you, this is really an exciting moment. Phil Negro reaches the milestone of 300 wins in his career on this date in 1985. From the Vault, brought to you by Cole's Johnson here. We're not wasting time. Let's get right to it. Don't of the week. Don't of the week. Sponsored by nobody. But we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dolt of the Week is... Chicago Cubs shortstop Addison Russell. He gets the award and almost by proxy, the manager of the Cubs, Joe Madden as well, but he didn't participate in this act or allegedly didn't. Russell did. Now, sometime I say mid last month, the ex-wife of Russell, Melissa Reedy, wrote a blog post and it stated that Russell physically abused her during their two and a half year marriage. And it came weeks after their divorce was finalized. So Major League Baseball, of course, researched it. They did their their homework. They did their investigation. And because of it, they suspended him 40 games. And that ruling came down this week. Madden had this to say about the event itself and what he thought about the allegations. Quote. I'm not going to be swayed one way or another by reading this. I really have no interest in reading this. (laughs) 
I'm more interested in waiting for the investigation to finalize itself. And then I'll read what's going and what had been said once it has been vetted properly. Anyone can write anything they want these days with social media, blogging, etc. So I'm just going to wait for it to play its course. And then I will disseminate the information based on both sides, MLB itself, along with the players union and getting together with Addison and his former wife. And then I'll read the information to try to form my own opinions. Close quote. That was before Major League Baseball came with their ruling on the investigation. After this is what he had to say. Quote, I have nothing to do with this. I really don't understand why I have to become more involved than that than anyone else does. I felt that way from the beginning. Reading this or her account of it has nothing to do with anything according to the results. So let's just wait until it properly runs its course and make our decisions. Close quote. You see, Mr. Madden, you have spoken music to Addison Russell's ears. But you know what that reeks of? (laughs) It means that, sir, you are simply, unquestionably, undoubtedly, tone down! Now, you said that you would let the investigation play itself out. And then when Major League Baseball will give their ruling, then you will say what it is that you feel. You would read the blog and then you will derive your opinion. But you said basically the same thing after as before. Look, I I get that it's a dangerous slope of rushing the judgment. I get that. I also get that there is a dangerous game to play when someone has not verified that they have been abused. I get that too. It's nothing to play with. However, If there was a body that came down and they investigated this whole situation and they found that it was bad enough for for them to rule that this guy deserves to miss one quarter of a season, then that that should tell you something. That should tell you they're smelling smoke. So Madden, if you can't see it yourself, step aside and let the investigation play its course because because it already has. You have a player in your shortstop who not only has been accused of being an Ike to Tina, but there's an investigation that has said, there's some truth to this. Otherwise, they would not suspend him 40 games for it. And I mean, we here at Cold Sports, we don't believe that a woman is supposed to be a punching bag. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. A a man's strength is meant to protect a woman, not to hurt her, not to harm her, not to do damage to her. So when you have these situations happen, you, you have to say... I have to put a distance to this. I have to put a distance to him. I have to put a distance to the whole situation. And I have to do what is right for this woman. Basically going, I see, I hear, I speak no evil in this situation. Doesn't do anything. It does nothing. It does jack. I take that back. It does worse than jack. It harms those who, when they are, Physically, emotionally, psychologically abused, it lets them know that they can't speak up and speak out and say, this is a problem. I get it. You want to evade the ex-girlfriend of Ruben Foster of the 49ers. I get that. You want to evade that because you want, you, you don't want to punish a player 
for doing something he didn't do. Newsflash. They still punished Foster. Even though he was not abusive to his ex-girlfriend, they still punished him. You know why? Because they punished him for the company he kept. <laughs> so, if anything, this might be a part and reason why Russell's being suspended here. Because of the company he keeps. But it also can be, he got a little heavy-handed with his wife. Or I should say, ex-wife. You can't take chances like that, not in today's times. Especially now, since we have a Supreme Court justice nominee being accused of abusing not one, not two, but three women in his teenage years. You have to do your due diligence. United States is doing their due diligence with Kavanaugh. Major League Baseball did their due diligence with Edison Russell. And they found that the dude, he wasn't right in this situation. And that the post that you don't really want to read, Madden. Major League Baseball read it, and then they dug deeper than reading it, and they feel as though Russell did wrong. Come on, Major League Baseball. I actually said you did wonderful in having a, a, a good season, and you did right in punishing this guy, but you have to take those who are in charge to task a little harder. You have to make these managers, these front office personnel and owners understand that it is not carte blanche for the player to go buck wild on their mates. And they can't say, well, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't speak it. So therefore it doesn't exist. I'm going to ignore it. You can't do that either. You got to take these allegations seriously. And especially if an investigation was made and it was proven that this guy did something wrong. Come on, we got to support these women a lot better than we have. We can't just roll with the privilege that we have as men and saying, well, I got to see the bruises. Why do you think people dislike Floyd Mayweather? And all he keeps saying is show me pictures. Well, we don't have to show you pictures. We can show the police report that has you locked up for it. Protect these women when they say that they've been abused. Dig, investigate, and then if you find something, punish. That is what Major League Baseball did here. But the caretakers of this sport, I won't say scare me, but they alarm me. Do better and be better for these women. Let them know that you do care about their safety. Because that's what matters more than anything. Let's do better, Major League Baseball. Let's do better, Madden. And as for you, Russell, son... Son, your hands are meant to make that woman safe, not make that woman regret that she ever knew you. And if you want to get physical, why don't you pick on somebody who's another man? And you want to get out your frustration and your anger? Do it that way. But don't use your woman, now ex-woman, now ex-wife, as a punching bag. That's a punk move. When I come back, speaking of punching bags, we're going to talk about boxing. And we're going to talk about a network that champions boxing. And upon further review.
Sports. Now on Patreon. Thank you, VIP. episode and installment of Cold Sports. Week 7 of college football is upon us. Week 6 of the NFL is also upon us. We're, of course, are going to go in on the subject. We're going to talk about the teams that have made it to the National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series. Award the total of the week, and we're going to put Le'Veon Bell situation upon further review. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting episode. So tune into that one. That will be what's on tap next week. But we're not done. This week, it's not over. We got just a wee bit more. And I want to talk about the network that helped me appreciate a sport. I got a chance to view many different boxing matches that shaped my life and cultivated my love of the sport of boxing. But that might not be in my near future. I'm going to put HBO and boxing in upon further review. One of the most iconic boxing matches took place in Jamaica. The heavyweight champion of the world, Joe Frazier, who was going strong in his fifth year of being the champ, was meeting a 1968 Olympic gold medalist darling turned bruiser in George Foreman. And we witnessed one of the most brutal examples of styles make fights that we will ever see. Frazier had no answer for Foreman, knocking him down to the canvas six times. One of those times literally lifting him up off the canvas to be knocked down. Now, Frazier showed his toughness and kept getting up each time, but it was evident that the now former World Heavyweight Champion had no answer for the puncher. Why am I talking about that particular fight? Well, the year before, there was this network that we didn't really know all that well. Not in the 70s. Now, we may have gotten to know the network a little better in the latter part of the decade, but it was the 80s that we got to know this network very well. Home box office. HBO. Now, they showed a lot of movies. They had some comedy specials, and they began to create series specifically for the network. What they also did was forge one of the greatest partnerships in professional sports history. And I do not say that lightly. Whenever you think of big events in the world of boxing, especially in the heavyweight ranks, Mike Tyson was all over that channel. Mike Tyson, Michael Spinks, Mike Tyson, Larry Holmes, Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas, Evander Holyfield and George Foreman, Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe. All of those fights took place under the umbrella of HBO, along with other bouts. But it was that network that set the stage and set the standard for boxing being at the forefront. And it helped create an atmosphere where it was about buy rates and it was about interest in having an event at a certain time, in a certain spot, in a certain place. That's why you could stage things such as the 
Thriller in Manila in 1975 between Ali and Frazier for the third time. Because you had purses that would go beyond the millions because of the focused, narrow attempt of one network saying we can help promote the sport in a way that it cannot be promoted anywhere else. I mean, you had ABC's Wild World of Sports do similar, but it just wasn't the same type of synergy. Well, why am I waxing poetic on HBO and their wonderful relationship with boxing? Well, they announced last week that they will no longer promote or put on live boxing matches. They said in 2019, but the last one is going to be later this month. In fact, in a statement that HBO released and it was published by Yahoo, the statement said as follows. Quote. Going forward in 2019, we will be pivoting away from programming live boxing on HBO. As always, we will remain open to looking at events that fit our programming mix. This could include boxing, just not for the foreseeable future. Close quote. 45 years of a relationship that has been wonderful for each product, and now it's no longer. And the signs were there. One of them was ESPN inking a seven-year deal with top-ranked boxing. And Stephen A. Smith announced it, I think, on the Sports Center last month. And you have a British boxing promoter signing a $1 billion deal to televise pay-per-view bouts over the next eight years. So boxing looks as though they're trying to do similar to, I guess, what the NFL has done. And that's extend its reach beyond just one network or two or three. But the marriage between HBO and boxing, and not to say that it isn't the same in other networks. I mean, we do have that same relationship with Showtime and boxing, but it wasn't and isn't quite as prominent. Same thing with the NBA, the partnership with other networks. Not nearly as prominent as I would say the one with ESPN. I mean, they have a good relationship with TNT, but ESPN seems to be the bellwether relationship. Major League Baseball with Fox, even though they do have a relationship with TNT and TBS as well. That is seemingly what has been modeled thanks to HBO and boxing. That's how prominent this relationship has been. That's how fruitful this relationship has been, that it has been so fruitful that it has spawned similar type of relationships and partnerships in other professional sports with other networks. Now, I asked this question on my Instagram page. One of the questions of the day this past week has been, are you saddened that the relationship between HBO and boxing will no longer be starting in 2019? I should say starting in late 2018. And I personally am not saddened, but I personally am alarmed. And I say that because we will, I think, not see the similar type of personalities that came as prominently as Jim Lampley being the play-by-play guy or Max Kellerman being a good color guy. We're needing those types of figures to promote boxing. And yeah, you still have your Teddy Atlas with Stephen A. Smith and ESPN and you still have Max Kellerman still at ESPN. And who knows, you may see Lampley go elsewhere. But what I think I will miss is a network that I know focused on taking care of this sport no longer existing in that way. I don't see another partnership that worked so closely with a sport such as HBO with boxing. 
I don't see that. Now, will we see other relationships? Of course, I just said two right off the bat. And then, of course, they have their deal with Showtime Boxing does. So it's not going to be hurting per se, but it's going to be different. It's going to be marketedly different. And I'm going to miss watching HBO for that big fight. I'm going to miss it because it's part of my childhood, part of my early adulthood. And there were some classic fights that were staged on HBO. Now, they said that they may pick back up boxing. But I think it's a sign as to what they think boxing is now that they're dropping it after 45 years. Maybe there is something wrong with boxing or then again, maybe this is a challenge for boxing to be better than it has ever been. Either way, boxing needs to take into account that one of its greatest partners, if not the greatest partner, maybe for the exception of Budweiser and Caesar's Palace. They need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and maybe change a couple of ways that they do business. And then maybe we will get HBO back to do boxing again. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far, the subscribe button is blinking like a neon sign. Click it and subscribe to ColdSports.com. You can get it on Android. You can get it on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. You can get it on Google Play. You can get it on Spotify or wherever podcasts are available. Or you can get it on ColdSports.com. It's right there. Every episode waiting for you to play and waiting for you to download as well. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the platform to put forth to you sports the way you want. And sports the way I believe you deserve to hear it. You can find me on Instagram at Cole Sports with a Z. On Facebook at Cole Sports with a Z. On Twitter at Cole underscore sports with a Z. Email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at Cole Sports with a Z dot com. And you can also find me on Cole Sports with a Z dot com. And whatever you do, I just want three simple things for you. Love yourself with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about this program because it's for you. And enjoy the content. Thank you so much, VIP, for the Intelligent Sportsman. I am Cole Johnson, and this is. You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.